0: Welcome to the Any Given Day Podcast, your ultimate destination for all things college football. I'm Hunter. And I'm Zach.
1: And together, we'll be your hosts as we dive into the thrilling world of college football from the perspective of the fans.
0: From game previews to post-game analysis, we'll bring you the latest news, insights, and stories that make this sport so captivating.
1: Join us every Tuesday and Friday as we explore the traditions, pageantry, and unforgettable moments that define college football.
0: So, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting into the game, get ready for a wild ride with the Any Given Day podcast. Do do? Hey, everybody. Hey, yo. So we have got some big news uh, came out, I believe, yesterday. Urban Meyer is talking a little bit of trash about Michigan and Georgia's schedule being soft. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts about it?
1: Pretty hypocritical. Uh, I like like I was telling you off screen. This is the same guy who played Florida A and M while he was the head coach over at Ohio State, whipped them seventy six nothing whipped Kent state 66 to nothing the year after. I, I mean, he's had pretty soft schedules himself before. So I, I just, it's hypocritical and kind of a scumbag move. Just him trying to remain relevant in today's dang day and age. Go kick yeah. a kicker.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, to me, this is kind of like a, a non-story. It's a non-issue. I mean,
1: he's not relevant.
0: No, he's trying to stay relevant and he hasn't been, since he left Ohio State, so I mean, it is what it is. It it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Georgia's, I mean, Georgia tried to have big game scheduled this year. Unfortunately, with all the you know conference realignment, it didn't happen. Um, same thing with Michigan. So, I mean, yeah, it they were supposed to be is.
1: they were supposed to be playing USC in a neutral site home opener over in Dallas uh, before USC announced for the Big Ten, and that put off that announcement, and then then they scrapped it all together. So that wasn't Georgia's fault on that. I I understand urban taking a shot at Michigan as a former Ohio state coach, but like, come on, leave Georgia out of it. They're they're They had games, like I said, USC. And then they were supposed, everyone knows they were supposed to play Oklahoma week two, but that got screwed up because they were moving to the sec next year. Right. So. Yeah.
0: It's what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. it, I think it's just being overblown um, to another okay. thing in the news that happened this summer. That's being really overblown right now uh, is Dan Lanning's comments about Colorado. Um, kind of the, what, what have they done for this conference? I mean, I, I don't remember anything. So I, I don't believe he was aiming that towards Dion or this Colorado team. It was Colorado was a whole Yeah. So, I mean, and he's not wrong. I mean, what what has Colorado done for the Pac twelve in recent Nothing. years? Exactly. Nothing. I mean, Dion will use this as ammo because as any coach will. Yeah, why not? Anything to motivate your team. But I mean, Day Landing's not wrong. It's and it wasn't really aimed at this Colorado team. Um, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Again, it's overblown.
1: They, everyone's, everyone's trying to hype up Colorado like they're automatically a, a college football playoff contender. They're not yet, and, and that's the sad truth. And this is the, this is what the media is best at. They, they hype a team up, oh my gosh, they're better than we were expecting, so maybe, just maybe, they're a playoff contender. No, they're not. They had one win last year. Colorado, don't don't get me wrong. They've got three wins this year, which is automatically a successful season compared to last year. But and Dion does not consider it a success yet. I don't think he'll consider it a success until they're at least bowl eligible, at least, which they very well could be. I see the floor of this team as five wins and the ceiling at about seven, possibly eight, really depending on how certain things play out in their schedule. But you know they've still they've got to play Oregon this week. I think that's a loss. I think USC's a loss. Uh, who they play next week? They got to play UCLA still. I think Chip Kelly and the Bruins will beat them. Uh, and then you've got Utah as well. I, I think that's a loss. And depending on how things look for that Oregon State Washington State game, I think that's one or two losses right there. May who knows? Maybe, maybe but we don't know yet.
0: Right. Um, I mean, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I think that Colorado is probably the most overrated and overhyped team in college football in the last 10 or so years. Um, I mean, like like you said, this, this season was never going to be national championship or bust or, or even Pac-12 championship or bust. This is... A team where if they can get more wins than they did last year, it's a win, and they they have at this point they got three wins, so they've tripled their win total from last year so far. Um, I mean, you saw I think the difference in ticket prices
1: already for home games,
0: right? I mean, I I don't think this run continues. I think it ends here. I think color. I mean, Oregon's the better team. Oregon should win this game. The money lines at Oregon it by twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I, it's at Oregon, it's probably right. Because Oregon yeah. is a hard place uh, to play Stadium.
1: At. Autzen Stadium only seats about 55,000, but the dimensions of the stadium itself make it seem louder. Well, not even make it seem louder, it makes it louder than you would think. It makes it sound like there's about eighty to 90,000 people there instead of 55,000-something, Right. you know?
0: Right. Um. Do you think Shadur Sanders can continue his Heisman campaign, or do you think it slows down in this (sighs) game?
1: I think it's going to slow down for this game, and I'll tell you, someone who's who my personal favorite to win the Heisman as of this point in time is Sam Hartman, but I think Oregon is going to have a very bodacious Heisman contender at (laughs) that's going to go and show himself this Saturday. So, I I think Bo Nix might go and force himself a bit more, a bit further into the conversation this week.
0: Uh, (laughs) Hashtag Bo Nix Heisman season. All right. Bodacious, baby. Bodacious. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Shadur's done good, but this this Oregon team's significantly better. Travis Hunter's not going to be playing in this game. Um, So... I, I think
1: he's not going to be playing the next few. It's, no, it's, yeah, it's going to so, be rough. It's going to be rough this week and next week, I think.
0: Yeah. So Shadur is definitely, I think, going to slow down in this game. Um, the, I agree. Sam Hartman's probably the best quarterback in college football mm-hmm. right now. and probably the Heisman front runner. So
1: it should be. He yeah. should be. Yeah. So if Travis Hunter was still healthy, I think he'd be the front runner, but he's going to be missing a few weeks. Can he make it up by playing both sides of the ball? Probably right. he's that freaky, but still just, I, I think Sam Hartman should be the front runner at this point. And I know I, I'd personally love to see Travis Hunter win it just because not a quarterback refreshing. It's not still proves that, Hey, this is very much a anyone best overall player, but right. You don't, it's always a quarterback at this point. Devonte Smith was the last outlier and
0: Right. Um, I believe we're both in agreement here that, that Oregon's going to win this one.
1: So. Should be a steamrolling. Should be. Uh, Lanning and his defense should stop Shadur, should be ready for Shadur and the entire Buffalo's offense. Uh, but we'll see. Right.
0: Um, let's move on to a, a big game, another big game, UCLA versus Utah. Uh, both undefeated. Still no cam rising for Utah. Um, Nate, John, Nate Nate Johnson's done pretty well so far. I mean his numbers don't pop off the page or anything. It's twenty two for thirty two, two hundred eighty one yards and one touchdown.
1: Are they Are they still doing the two quarterback thing where they're rotating them in and out?
0: They did last week.
1: Um, well, they'll probably still do it for this week too.
0: They should. Um, but Utah's also got JaQuindon Jackson, who's done really well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so Utah's been good. Utah really hasn't. I mean, they had a rough game against Baylor, but we'll
1: see what Dante Moore is made of this week. I, I truly do believe that. Um, and Chip Kelly's really good about about making his quarterbacks look good in this offense uh because you you see how great he made Marcus Mariota look in that offense up in Oregon made him a second round pick and I think did he win the Heisman
0: his last year? Heisman. Yes,
1: or, yes he did. Yes he did. He, he did.
0: In a first round pick, I believe.
1: Oh, Maybe yeah, second, second overall.
0: Second overall, yeah. So
1: to James Winston.
0: <laughs> yep. So and that as a Falcons fan, no. No. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I think this will be a close one. I mean, it's at Utah. It's always hard to play in Salt Lake City. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be close. I think Utah probably pulls this one out. Utah's defense is. I think Utah's defense is better than UCLA's defense.
1: That, that's a good point right there. I um,
0: Quarterback play I is going to Kelly... play big in it.
1: I think Chip Kelly finds a way. Well, no. See, I'm still undecided on this one. I think up to this point I I've, I've been undecided on it. Uh Dante Moore is a true freshman, but does Chip Kelly ha- does he have him coached up enough to go up against this Utah defense? I think I was leaning UCLA, but I think I'll I, I think I'll go with you on this one and I'll I'll Pick Utah to edge it out solely because of their defense and their experience on that side of the ball.
0: All right. Moving on. The remaining pack two members. Oregon State <laughs> Dude, versus ah. Washington State. Uh, again, both undefeated. Um it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a shootout,
1: really. Really could be.
0: I it really I really mean, could be. DJ's got something to prove.
1: Was he the problem, or was, was, was Dabo and Clemson the problem?
0: I don't know. Uh, so far, it seemed like Dabo was the fault.
1: It really does. He's he's not trying. He, he's not taking it. We're, we're supposed to be talking about Oregon State and DJU, but it slides into a Clemson thing. At, yeah. at the end of the day, Dabo is not using the NIL. He's not using it to his advantage. He's not using the transfer portal. He's old school at this point, and it's not going to work. Yeah. DJU has looked great over at Oregon State. He really has. Um, I I think Oregon State pulls it out. I think they're still very much underrated. Really? I, I, I do. You got Oregon Look, State. It, it, you don't hear that much about them. You haven't heard that much about them so far. You really haven't. They're undefeated, aren't they?
0: Both are, yeah. Both
1: yeah,
0: it's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a close one. Uh Who doesn't like a a, a beaver, you know? <laughs> right. Um I I think I think Washington State's going to pull this one out. Washington State doesn't really have the run game that Oregon State has, but I think Washington State's quarterback is the best quarterback in the game. So, Wow. Um,
1: I'm going to stick with Oregon State on this one. Yeah,
0: I, I think, I, I, think I got I, Washington I, I, State think, winning this one.
1: I got DJU proving the doubters wrong, including me. Including <laughs> me.
0: Including you.
1: I thought he was trash over at Clemson. So far, he's proved me wrong. I think he's going to prove me wrong once again.
0: We'll see. Um... So we got Bama versus Ole Miss, Kiffin versus Saban. I mean, I don't know, because Bama's looked awful this year. They have. They had a players only meeting after the game against USF. Maybe, Maybe, maybe that maybe that figured it out. I don't know. Um. I mean, Ole Miss could be without Quinshawn Judkins. I don't know. He didn't play last week. I haven't heard anything about whether he's cleared to play this week or not. That's going to play a big factor. Jalen Milrose back. Supposed to be starting this week. That's going to be a big factor on how the game's called. So, I
1: don't really know. I, I think it depends on multiple factors. If Quinshawn Judkins is out, that takes a big chunk of Ole Miss's offense and run game out of out out of play and that's terrible I'm sure Lane Kiffin is smart enough as an OC and an offensive style head coach to figure out a different way to highlight certain things in his offense if that is the case it also depends on how Tommy Reese is as an OC this week Because I truly, it's like I said in the last episode I think I said it in the last episode I think Tommy Reese is in over his head I think he was not ready for this job in any way shape or form and I think we saw that last week when he was somehow able to talk Saban into giving his guy Tyler Buckner a shot Tyler Buckner looked terrible and it made all the Alabama fans realize oh We were crapping on Jalen Milrow, and he really is the best option. Oh, no. So Tommy Reese needs to figure out a way to get Jalen Milrow's best asset, his legs, involved in this game. You need inside reads, (laughs) RPOs, everything. You need the read option. Anything that a quarterback can use to move the ball as a runner, use it. That is Jalen Mil- That will make that offense so much better. Right. But you also have to worry about the O-line play. Olmis isn't known for having the best overall defense, but they're still an SEC team, so defense is still there at a at a minimum. Right. It it just it depends. I it's a toss up for me. I I could see Alabama going in there and shutting Kiffin down yet again but I could also see Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and Juice Kiffin, everyone's favorite pet, pulling the upset. So.
0: I got a little fun fact for you. ooh, Ooh. Who was the offensive coordinator for Alabama the last time they lost in September? In September? In September. Who was the who was the offensive coordinator for Alabama the last time they lost in September? Kiffin. Kiffin Lane Kiffin was the offensive wow. coordinator the last time Alabama lost a game in September.
1: Well, I guess Saban was holding the leash too tight because uh, obviously you, know, you heard you heard the stories about how he had to reel Kiffin in. Like, no, we are not going. We're not <laughs> just throwing eighty yard bombs each and every play. The
0: right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't know. This game's such a toss up. I mean with with Judkins possibly being out, I mean Jackson Dart's leading the team in rushing right now. I mean, thirty two carries for two hundred and thirteen yards, which isn't bad, to be completely honest. For a At least
1: one or at least one of the offensive player callers in this game knows how to let his quarterback run the ball. His
0: run the ball. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? I mean, and he still has eight hundred and fifty two yards passing. So it's not like he's just running the ball.
1: Total total yard-wise, he's already over 1,000.
0: Right. It's... I mean, let's see. Jalen Milrow, this year, has 400. No, that ain't right. In the way, that's right. 449 yards rushing.
1: Guarantee no, most that's of that's on right. broken. That's not right. Hold on. Nope. That's total, ain't it? Through his career.
0: Yeah. 80... 80... 96. 96, 96. yards rushing. Under Only 96. 100, uh, under 100 yards Jaylen rushing. Jalen should have
1: at least 100 yards rushing each game. At least. At I least. I mean, that's his game. Not accounting for breakdowns on the offensive line where he's forced to scramble. Right. I, I mean, that's just... It's... it's Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Reese, what are you doing? I think Reese is going to be a one-and-done O.C. over at Alabama. If he cannot if, get his crap together,
0: oh my god. If they gosh. lose this game, he may be fired Sunday.
1: If they lose this game, he more than likely will be. I mean, Because it's if ridiculous. they lose this game, their season is all but over. Right. They have to win out to have a chance to even begin to be in the playoff conversation. And if they can't beat Ole Miss, I don't see them beating LSU.
0: No. I mean, I just don't understand when you have a guy like Jalen Milrow and you don't call the plays for his play style. His whole play style is RPOs and read options and the deep ball. And you can play off that that deep ball with the options. If they have to respect him running, they got to play up. Then you can hit the deep balls.
1: Very much just what you said. It, It sure can he not hit the intermediate to short passes? Yeah, he's not good at those necessarily. But the deep ball, he's always been really good at, and it suits his play style. Make them respect the run. Make them load up the box. Make it to where it is one on one matchups on the outside. Do you have the great receiving core that you have had the past few years? No, you don't have a Jalen Waddle. You don't have a Devontae Smith. You don't have guys like that right now. But still, you're Alabama. You should still have a good enough receiver that should be able to win a one-on-one matchup on a deep ball. And they're not utilizing that. They didn't utilize it against Texas. and Now, granted, it sucked because I think if Texas had hit a five- to six-man blitz each and every play... There was nothing that was going to stop them. That offensive line was anemic then. It was... Oh my gosh, it was terrible. It's...
0: (sighs) I mean, this is... It's football, right? It's all in the way you play the game. You have to set up plays to get bigger plays. You can't just sit there and throw deep bombs, because that seems like all they were doing against Texas. They were either they were dropping back and trying to throw bombs all game, and it doesn't work like that. You you have to set up plays. You have to get the defense in a position.
1: I really think at the end of the day, bare basics are so important to this, and and Tommy Reese is ignoring those. It's like I said earlier. I I think he's one and done, and I think people are starting to kind of realize, oh. We thought Bill O'Brien was bad. Look at Tommy Reese. Like I said earlier, I don't think he goes and makes it through this season like unscathed. And I honestly do think he will get fired at the end of the season. It it just it does not bode well for him or Alabama's offense as a whole. If he couldn't figure out, oh, I need read zone, or read options, and inside zone reads for texas what what does he go and hope to bring now you you did not utilize your quarterback back then i just he's a disappointment so far he truly is
0: yeah i mean listen and the lines at bama by six and a half i think that should be the other way around I think that should be Ole Miss by six and a half, at least. I think Whoa. it'll be close. But I think Ole Miss is gonna pull it out. Is I just it... think Bama's offense isn't there yet. I don't think Bama's offense is good enough to compete and stay with that Ole Miss offense.
1: But at the same time, this is one of the better defenses Bama has had in a bit. So I I don't know. If it if it turns into a back and forth and Bama's defense can step up, maybe just maybe. Reese, or maybe not even Reese, Saban can go and find a way, because he's going to be more hands-on with this offense now. He has to be, or else they will not get it through. This is supposed to be Alabama's scheme with someone learning Alabama's play calls, but it very much feels like Tommy Reese is the one calling his own shots and plays, and it's just, it's bad. It is a bad mix-up, and it's a waste to this Alabama defense, because... Like I was saying, this is one of the better defenses they've had in a while. Especially after the whole oh, Pete Golding this, Pete Golding that. And I just realized that Pete Golding is the defense coordinator over at Ole Miss right now. So who's worse? Pete Golding as a defensive coordinator? <clears throat> or Lane or or uh Tommy Reese as an offensive coordinator? Because you've got you've got Lane Kiffin has to be making the offensive play calls for Ole Miss. And Nick Saban has to be making the defensive play calls for for Alabama. Or at least having the last word on it. So you got two of the best right there, but then you have two of the worst in the other regard.
0: <laughs> Is it at Old Miss? I mean, uh, no, yeah. it's at Alabama.
1: It's at Alabama? Ooh. Yeah. Crowd factor, too. Then again. Yeah,
0: I just I think Ole Miss pulls it out.
1: I've told you before, you don't bet against Nick Saban. Don't F on Nick Saban. Do not F on him.
0: <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't find it in my heart to think this Mama team's got what it takes. They haven't shown me anything all year long. I am taking Ole Miss.
1: I I can't believe... So, I've got family over in Alabama. Bunch of diehard Bama fans over there. And I think they would be remiss if I picked anyone besides Alabama. But I do think I'm in agreement on this. I think Ole Miss beats Alabama. And I wouldn't really? even view it as an upset at this point with how bad that offensive has been. I, I get the players have called a meeting, but... In, unless Nick Saban micromanages that offense to a T and the O-line somehow just has an epiphany, Ole Miss Ole Miss wins it. Because at this point, Pete Golding has a reason to call the best game of his life defensively. To prove I mean, each and every... Because if his defense shuts out... Well, and I don't even think they'll shut out Alabama. But if he holds them to... Fourteen points. He's very much got a claim to say. I was I wasn't the problem. All, oh, it's all about revenge this week so far. DJU oh. proving a point. Pete Golding trying to get revenge against Alabama and their um very very insane fan base.
0: Yeah, I mean you could also say there's a bit of revenge there for Kiffin after kind of the way it ended with Alabama for him, I'm sure he wants to take down Saban, so.
1: Oh, yeah. he Well, I don't even think it's revenge. I think he just wants to get in on the fun that Jimbo and Kirby have had so far. You know, if yeah. they beat him. Why can't I? And yeah. and let me, let I've already said it, but let me walk it back. It's not to say that Alabama, all of Alabama's fan base is insane. It's just, when you hear about the so-called terrible super fan that's just diehard, bleeds it out, and will trash talk anyone, you've got a lot more of those bad seeds in the Bama fan base than any than any other fan base, it seems. And I just, I, I just, eh, they're yeah. When when they're bad, they're bad for Bama.
0: The, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to another big game with some big stakes. Florida State versus Clemson. <laughs> uh, this isn't really a big game in the fact that both teams have looked really good this year because Florida State has looked good until last week and Clemson has looked awful until last week. Yep. So, um, I mean, Clemson has shown, shown struggles all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's Florida, pretty good, Florida State's looked great. Until last week, when they and I don't think that was much as as much Florida State playing bad as much as it was they thought they had that game in hand and started to play
1: down to to lose down to BNC's level instead of yeah up to their own. Uh, Florida State has tremendous potential, especially offensively. Um, It's just they they got a bit complacent, and I don't know if you heard what Norvell said in the locker room after the game. He said he was proud that they showed resiliency. Like, the standard thing that I think Kirby said during his post-game, presser, or not presser, but interview on the field, it was kind of along the same lines, except he was telling it to his players, like, I'm I'm proud of y'all for coming back, for winning this one. I'm so proud that y'all showed this resiliency and all that. Glad y'all did, but we got to get better. That can't happen again. And I, I do think that is true to a degree for sure they they're one of the better off mike norvell is one of the better offensive minds in football i do believe that i think if he chose to just be an offensive coordinator and not go for a head coaching position he would very much be one of the more sought out ocs and he'd probably be the highest paid offensive coordinator but he has chosen to go and be a head coach and he's done amazingly well over at florida state so far so I just I I think he's really helped turn Florida State around, and I think they've got a good chance to beat Clemson. And I would not even call it an upset. I know it's in Death Valley. I just it's it's going to be a good game. It should be a good game. Should be a good game, but we we don't know.
0: Um. I don't know if it's going to be a good game. I'm going to be honest. Ooh. I think Florida State wins this one, and I think they win it big. I know the money line's only Florida State by 2.5. I think Ooh. it's more 14. <sighs> I know it's I... in Death Valley. All right. I understand that.
1: There's... But... <sighs> I think in my Florida head State... there's two possible outcomes in this game. But I think both of them have Florida State winning. I think it's either Florida State by a wide margin, like you said, or it is going to be one of the better games of this year. And I I hate saying that because Clemson is, they had a chance to step up and be one of the dynasties there for a bit. But Dabo is so set in his ways at this point. He's, he's either going to have to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with himself and start using NIL and the transfer portal, or he's going to retire. I mean, he's got enough money to where he could retire and live a very comfortable life, but I, th- it it's depends on how competitive he really wants to be. If he still has that competitive fire, or if NIL and the transfer portal have ruined that for him, I... I, it, it's just, will, will know. he finally cave to it and use it?
0: I just don't think he ever will. I mean, Dabo's so stuck in his ways, you know, I mean, that speech he, at that presser he had a year ago, two years ago with the, yeah, we built this program on NIL and the name, image and likeness of God. I mean, I respect it. I, I respect and it. And I, I understand it. I mean, that's great that he's teaching these kids this, and and he has that love for them, and I get Mm -hmm. it. And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: I I truly believe he views them as his own kids in a way. Yeah. I think he loves coaching, but he also has to understand it's turned into a partial business at this point.
0: Yes, if he wants to get back on top and play for national championships, he's going to have to play into that as much as he doesn't want to. And I just don't think he will. I think he's very stuck in his ways. He's very old-fashioned, and it is what it is at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. And and Kate Klubnik has not looked the best this year either. No, I, we we saw all last year. Uh, DJU was a problem. DJU was a problem. Kate Klubnik came in and looked pretty good after they had already lost a few games and were out of playoff contention. But now all of a sudden, K Klubnik's struggling. I even with this Garrett Riley offense that's supposed to be in there. I just, it's, it's confounding in a sense, because you look at Clemson's roster, they should have the talent, but it just, it's, it's, I don't know what to say. There's no reason it should be this way, but it's just like something has fallen off or something. They're not the Clemson they were a year, a few years ago. I, I'm sorry. I think I said this earlier, but I'm starting to believe in in one of our earlier podcasts. I'm starting to believe the conspiracy theories that Georgia can break teams is real, because you look yeah. at Clemson, look at flipping Alabama, like they, they're not the same they as they used to be.
0: Yeah, I just I, I don't mean, get it. I don't get it either. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, I got Florida State winning this one. I mean, who you who you got winning this one? I'm with you, Florida
1: State. I I just I, something's wrong over at Clemson. I think I think the culture is great over there. Well, maybe not great, but I think it's better than. I I don't think there's a locker room poison or something, but just something's off. I think Dabo loves those kids. I think he's a great coach, but something's wrong. And I just, I do not know what it is. Right. It might, who knows? There might be something troubling the locker room that they're keeping in house, but whatever is wrong over at Clemson right now, it is going to prevent them from beating Florida State.
0: I agree. We'll see. Um, all right. Moving on. We got our big game of the week. It's a big, big game of the week, really. Probably going to be one of the best games of the year. Ohio State versus Notre Dame at Notre Dame. I mean, in South Bend, Notre Dame finally has a real quarterback in Sam Hartman. Um,. They they got their running back who's leading college football in rushing yards right now with 521. Ohio State hasn't looked great so far this year. They haven't looked bad by any means, but they haven't looked great. So, um, I mean we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, what, what do you think?
1: We're gonna see if uh the defense is really what it's made out to be for Ohio State. If if this has really worked, because so far it seemed like a pretty solid defense. It seems like the defense is a lot better than the offense this year around, which is just weird for a Ohio State team. So much has been made of their offense for so long. And let, let me say this, I don't think Kyle McCord's a bad quarterback, but I do think he is a step down from – a step or two down from CJ Stroud it's it's not going to be the same offense um in in that sense CJ Stroud was a really good solid quarterback and he, he was a finalist Heisman finalist for a reason and McCord just has not looked the same when you when you only put up 23 points against Indiana it's it's not what it should be and and granted, they held them to a field goal, but still're we're, we're used to seeing Ohio State going and put up 40 something points against Indiana. It's Indiana uh, so I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm and, and Notre Dame's offense has looked unstoppable.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, you gotta cut Kyle McCord some slack. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is only his—he's only had three starts. This will be his fourth start in college football. Um, they haven't. I mean, like I said, Ohio State hasn't really looked as good as they probably are. Um, I mean, Notre Dame's got a Heisman-caliber quarterback in Sam Hartman. Um,
1: my Heisman favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, while Ohio State does have Marvin Harrison Jr., so. Who could be a Heisman contender in and of itself? So and, it's going and to that be a, fair. A really that close that game. really
1: is fair, but I don't know. Just and for all we know, for all we know, they could have been holding the big shots, the big plays out f- till this game. We don't right. know yet. We could be proven very much wrong. Ohio State could go and win this one by twenty. It, it just we haven't seen what they need to play or or what we need to see to truly call this one, I think. And they haven't really played teams they need to go and use those plays on either.
0: Right. If if I had to pick somebody, if I had to pick somebody to win this game, I I think Notre Dame pulls it off in a Peach Bowl-esque win from last year that Peach Bowl S comes down to the last drive and Notre Dame pulls it off. South Bend's one heck of a hard place to play at.
1: There's that too. Like I
0: said, fourth start for Kyle McCord. So I, I think it's gonna be a close shootout and I think Notre Dame pulls it off in the in the final seconds of the game.
1: Sam Hartman has been through some big games. Kyle McCord hasn't. This is like you said, his fourth start and for for The experience factor, Hartman should go and very easily outclass Kyle McCord. He's the better quarterback of the two so far. For all we know, Kyle McCord turns it around, but I'm very doubtful. What has prevented Ryan Day in seasons past from unloading on these other teams that's all of a sudden, what's happened now that's changed his mind to prevent him from doing that? He's always unloaded and scored and won by, like, 40, 50, 60 on these other teams. Now, all of a sudden, he's not? That doesn't seem like him. I, I think if Notre Dame goes in there and and wins by two scores, which, which is very, very feasible right now, especially with it being at South Bend, I, I just right. I, I think if that happens... Ryan Day will never hear the end of the Born on Third Jokes ever again. Right. Because it, it's 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 starting to get worrisome for Ohio State. This is one of his let's see, is this like his second graduating class under
0: him? I believe so.
1: And and you haven't like the closest you came was last year. Yes. And if they go and say they lose this game and they lose another one Adds on to that other little conspiracy, adds on to the conspiracy theory about Georgia again. I, right, which I I don't want to say that is real at all, but who knows? It might be if Ohio State loses two or three games this year,
0: right? (laughs) I mean, if we look back in time in this matchup, right? They Ohio State's won five times in a row. The last time Notre Dame's won a game against Ohio State was nineteen thirty-six.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is if they win this time, it's six time in a row, Ohio State's beat Notre Dame. Um, but these teams aren't those teams, and Ohio State is not what it has been.
1: No, they're not. I I, um, I, I think I'm in agreement with you. I think Notre Dame wins this one. Uh, yeah, I think I think it could be as bad as a full touchdown, but I think it does I, I think I'm in agreement with you. I think it comes down to the last drive because Ohio State's defense has looked better overall. So yeah. it maybe it's yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with Notre Dame on this. It's but it's it's rough to go and see. Or not even rough to see. It, it's rough to try to figure this one out. I I could see it going either way, really. I I think it's a coin flip at the end of the day. I think there is every bit of possibility that Ryan Day has actually been withholding the playbook. I don't get why he would do that now. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame's also just looked unstoppable, it seems.
0: I agree. Um, Yeah, I mean... Like you said, Ohio State's defense has been really good this year, which is the only reason I don't think Notre Dame runs away with this one. Like I said, I think it's a close close win for Notre Dame, comes down to that final drive, it's gonna be tight. But in South Bend, I think Notre Dame pulls it off. So
1: I, one question I am figuring out trying to figure out because I think if Notre Dame does win this, they automatically jump up into the top five, if not outright the top four. And you're going to see the playoff committee trying to put them into the playoffs again. Which, who knows, if they actually beat Ohio State, it might be feasible this time around. I, I think Sam Hartman yeah. is that good of a quarterback. I think he is a game-changer for them. Um, but if Ohio State loses, I don't see them as the favorite to win the Big Ten anymore. I, I To be fair, I don't even think they're the favorite right now. I think Michigan is, but... Who's the poss? I, I guess the possible Big Ten matchup would be Penn State versus
0: Michigan. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If Ohio State doesn't beat Michigan, or if they lose any more Big Ten games, um, it'd be Penn State probably versus Michigan, but. We will see. We'll see how this game plays out. I mean, it's prime time, seven thirty on NBC. So
1: it's 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 such a bad and it's such a bad timing for Ohio State to just go like this. If if they lose this one, it it's, it could be a signal of Ryan Day's downfall, of the start of it at least, because they right. can only put up with so much at this point. And that's just bad timing because you're fixing to have USC and UCLA enter in the next year. Next year, so I mean, it, it's just bad because you're throwing in two pretty decent teams into the Big Ten mix all of a sudden, and now you got to worry about them, and not just them, but Oregon and Washington as well. They're moving in as well, so it, it's it's just going to get more and more jam packed, and it's going to be it's going to be it's going to only get worse and worse, and it's going to be just more of a slugfest each and every time i I don't I don't know what they're gonna do
0: <sighs> Sure, but like I said, we'll see it's gonna be a close one um, I don't know like I said it'll be a close one. We'll see how it goes. We said money lines o s u Minus three, I think that's probably about right. One of them will win by probably a field goal, maybe a touchdown.
1: I, I could see that. I could I could really see that. It's um it's just it's it's a toss up. Yeah. Not much else to say. No. But All right, well, Notre Dame.
0: Notre Dame. How many picks All we right, defer on have... this week? Uh
1: one? One. Oregon, State, Oregon State,
0: Washington State, yep.
1: You got Wazoo, I got Oregon State. Oregon State,
0: yep. All right, y'all. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode of the Any Given Day podcast. Uh, We hope, we hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of college football. Remember, in this game, anything can happen on any given day. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah. Don't forget to yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast. Uh you can join us Tuesday. We'll be uh reviewing this last weekend's games, seeing how all that went, talking that out.
1: Yeah. Uh until then, you know, keep the spirit of the game alive and uh we'll we'll see you on the next play. And remember, like Zach said, anything can happen on any given day, especially on the any given day podcast.